The U.S. banking sector has had a bad year. Several major regional banks have failed and stock prices are down. The U.S. Federal Reserve blames bad management for failing to respond to an era of higher interest rates that made it more expensive to cover customers' deposits while still turning a profit. These smaller banks were exempt from tough liquidity rules imposed on their bigger counterparts in the wake of the 2008 financial crisis. The first major failure was Silicon Valley Bank, where tech startups parked their cash. But these amounts far exceeded the $250,000 amount that the federal government insures. On the 10th of March, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation took control of SVB. Some of the deposits remain with the FDIC and others went to another institution, the First Citizens Bank shares. Just two days later, New York-based Signature Bank was taken over by regulators. Its deposits would eventually be rolled over by regulators into New York Community Bank Corp. These two quick failures caused stock values of other regional banks to plummet. Now, the most recent casualty was First Republic, which fell on the 24th of April. America's big banks had put in $30 billion to keep it from failing, but customers weren't convinced. They pulled out $102 billion in the first quarter. After a deal brokered by the FDIC, banking giant JP Morgan Chase acquired the collapsed lender. For now, bigger banks have benefited from the troubles of smaller ones as they're able to offer customers higher returns on deposits. But will that last? Let's get more on this now with Joseph Fowdy in New York. He's an economics professor at the NYU Stern School of Business. Really good to have you back with us, Professor. Now, three of the seven biggest ever banking failures in the United States all occurred this year involving those three banks that I just mentioned. What do you think was the main reason for those failures? There's been a lot of finger pointing, but no one really has managed to come up with one good reason as to why this has all happened in the last couple of months. Yeah, so the blame is obviously shared by the banks as well as the Federal Reserve and regulators. Um, at its simplest level, the bank businesses, they take in money at very low uh, uh, interest rates, basically zero on checking and, and some savings, and then they put it in government bonds, earning a, a normally a safe 2 or 3%. We suddenly started to see interest rates go up, and all of a sudden, all those bonds they invested in were less valuable. So ironically, U.S. banks were so focused on, you know, were they lending to the right people, what was the quality of their borrowers, that was all fine. They just uh, completely forgot about the interest rate risk of what happens when, when rates go up, since it's been 20 years since we've seen an interest rate over 3%. Can we talk about U.S. banking regulations? Because in 2018, the Trump administration rolled back some of the tougher measures that were introduced in the wake of the 2008 financial crisis. One of them was only requiring banks with $250 billion in assets to undergo the Fed's so-called stress test. The previous threshold was 50 billion. That meant that the three banks that failed this year were all exempt from the Fed's stress test. Did that have anything to do with it? And should regulations be toughened up? Yeah, so uh, obviously the fact that, that a number of these regional banks got less scrutiny, um, you know, left us unready for this kind of crisis. I think it was a mistake to sort of raise that rate. Uh, having said that, we're now looking at some banks that are sort of uh, facing speculative attacks that are under that $50 billion threshold as well. So independent of what number you put on it, uh, we've just learned every bank has to ask what would happen to its business models if interest rates uh, suddenly shoot up aggressively. 
Now, the three banks that collapsed this year all failed because of essentially a run on the banks for various reasons. And one of them is what you mentioned earlier, the fact that uh, the bigger lenders were offering more lucrative interest rates in the wake of this higher interest rate environment imposed by the Fed. So to what extent is the Fed's actions this year to tame inflation uh, really contributing to uh, the stress put on the smaller regional banks? Yeah, that's 100% of the stress. Having said that, a bank should be prepared for a world in which interest rates go up or down, right? If their business model stops working when you see a sudden aggressive rate rise, there's something wrong with the, the model. Uh, we also need to rethink the, the level of FDIC insurance. Uh, it turns out there are just you know, thousands and thousands of customers at each of these banks who are mid-sized companies that might keep several million dollars in cash. And this quarter million uh, government guarantee is just too low. I mentioned earlier that three of the seven biggest banking failures in the U.S. all happened this year. Are you worried that perhaps we can see more regional lenders fail? Well, if the Fed raises rates further this year, I think that's going to put further stress. I think everybody's obviously hyper-focused. And as long as the Federal Reserve is extending insurance, in other words, guaranteeing the deposits, that will take some of the pressure off. Um, but it still wouldn't surprise me to see a, a, a few more where we find out that um, Essentially, they've really locked in their investments in long-term government bonds. Those rates are low, and now that's less valuable. And if everybody pulls their deposits out, technically they have lost no actual money on the bonds, but the market value of them is, is not tradable. So I, I expect you could see a few more banks run into trouble later this year.